I'm Chloe Burris, and this is Thundercast. After lots of persuasion, I finally got the one and only Miss Tar to come in and chat with me today. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Why don't we just start out with um, your kind of your story about, you know, how you became a teacher, your college experience, that type of thing. Well, I was a senior in high school, had already applied to Indiana University, had my dorm assignment, had my major listed as pre-dental, and it came down to, it was the month of March, so I mean, getting close to ready to go to college, and I literally woke up one night and thought to myself, I cannot put my hands in people's mouths all day long. What am I thinking? And so I completely dropped out and said, I'm not going to IU. Um, Indiana State came in to do a college visit, and like the representatives still do. Anyway, as we were chatting afterwards, they had asked to talk to the valedictorian and the salutatorian of the class separately. And I was salutatorian at the time and graduated with that. But anyway, went in and talked with her. And she offered basically a full ride if we would consider coming to Indiana State. Well, the valedictorian was headed to Rose Hallman, who was a very good friend of mine. I was like, you've got to be kidding. I wrote, Indiana University had offered me $500 a year for my academics and everything. And Indiana State walks in and says, we'll give you a full ride. Well, at the time, Indiana State was known for teaching. That was where if you were going to be a teacher, you went to Indiana State. So anyway, I, you know, went home and started thinking about what it is I want to do. My mom and dad owned a business. And so I kept debating back and forth between business and teaching. And finally, my dad is who sat me down and said, look, kid, you've got to make a decision here. Think about what it is you've done in high school. You've worked at the business and you have spent multiple, multiple hours tutoring in school, both in the high school and in the elementary grades. Which one is it that is your passion? And I said, teaching's what I love. But is it really the way I want to go? And so, I mean, it was with a long, hard talk with my dad. He said, okay. He said, so if you're going to go, if you want to go into teaching, what are you thinking? What, do you want to go high school, elementary? Where do you want to head? Because at the time, those were really the only two. Most middle school teachers, most of the schools around here, including Eastern, I went to Worthington, were grades 7 through 12 were junior high, high school. So you either taught at junior high, high school, or you taught elementary. And I said, oh, I don't want to do elementary. I said, I don't, I feel like I spend too much time trying to get through to them. I want to be able to really get into the subject matter. He said, okay. He said, your choice is obvious. He said, you know, math is what you love. Why not head in that direction? Well, again, I was torn. I loved math. No question, still do. But I also loved English, believe it or not. And so when I started at Indiana State, I was a math major with an English minor. After about a semester, I was pulled in by my advisor, and he looked at me and he said, what are you doing? He said, these are two totally different fields that do not go together. 
whatsoever. And he said, you really just need to choose one or the other. So I chose math, went through, chose math right from the get-go and finished in math. I did pick up a computer science minor that everyone had said, you know, computers, I know this dates me really bad that we were in the mid-80s, that computers were going to be the wave of the future, learn how to program computers, and so I did. Anyway, finished college. I'm very much a family girl, home girl. It was, I did not want to leave anywhere that I could not call my mom without it being long distance. Because at the time, we were still on no cell phones or anything like that. And I kept thinking, I can't leave my mom and dad. Very, probably immature, but that was me. I love my mom and dad. Really wanted to be able to spend time with them and be able to talk to my mom every night like my sister did and my brother did, who are much older than I. So I applied only, and this is really crazy, I applied only to places that I could call Worthington without it being long distance. And so that's how, anyway, I end up at Eastern. It was long distance from Eastern, but ended up that with Bloomfield being not long distance. So that's how I ended up at Eastern. So I started here. Actually, I came over for an interview right after the week after I graduated from college. So it was the first week in May. I came over for an interview with the illustrious Mr. Hunt, who was here forever, and Miss Candace Kaywood. Realized then that I had graduated and my license was only grades 9 through 12. Well, I needed to be 7 through 12 for Eastern. Mr. Hunt had a hookup with Indiana University, knew somebody that knew somebody, and said, look, here's what we'll do. I had just finished my student teaching at Sullivan, had graduated. He said, you know what? They made a deal with me. They said, you do two weeks of student teaching. It was supposed to be six. You do two weeks of student teaching at Eastern, write two two two-page papers, and we will give you all the credits to be junior high licensed. And, I, I mean, he just took care of it. And so, anyway, long story short, I ended up at Eastern, and that was 31 years ago. This is my 31st year here. So being at Eastern... Over such a long period of time, how have you seen the school evolve? The main thing that has happened has been growth. Growth. I mean, it is just amazing from when I started here. I mean, literally, you know, we taught six periods a day, just like we do now. But out of those six periods, they were all different because we had one eighth grade math section. We had one pre-algebra section. We had one algebra one section. Multiple sections just weren't heard of, you know, and right now I have three pre-calculus sections. And back in the day, if we got 10 kids in pre-calculus, it was a huge class at the time. Up until even just 10 years ago in calculus to have seven or six or seven total kids in Calc 1 and Calc 2 was enormous. And this year, between the two classes, I have 22. And so I think the growth is what the biggest difference has been. So I know you're kind of notorious for being um, involved in the prom and the homecoming. How did you get involved in that? The young teacher on the block that when I came in, I was also the JV volleyball coach. Within a year's time, by the end of that year, the following year, my second year here, I became the dance coach. I became also the softball coach. Everybody coached everything. I mean, it was young teachers across the board were doing a lot of the coaching. I think it was just kind of the, I had no problem getting involved that if kids asked me to do something, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I loved doing all that stuff. You know, I played volleyball, basketball, softball in high school, and I was a cheerleader a couple years, and then I did student council all the way through. I was very involved in high school, and I loved the high school clubs. And so 
the kids would come to me and say, hey, will you do this? And so, you know, we started with I took over student council, which then took over, um, and I did that for 25 years before I finally gave it up. But we started taking over then the homecoming. That was one of the first things that we did was we took over at the time. You know, we didn't have football, so it was just basketball homecoming and kind of making it into a little more of a show and a little more put on stuff, uh, uh, kind of what's going on. Same thing with the dance team that I took them over. And, you know, in the second season, we were in nationals. We were in Florida at SeaWorld competing and came home with a runner-up for our class, which was a pretty big deal at the time. And so we just had, I didn't mind it. I kind of liked it. I was at all the volleyball games anyway, coaching. So then it just carried over. I didn't miss girls basketball. I didn't miss boys basketball. You know, what else did I have to do? I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. And so it was like, well, might as well go support the schools. So being a teacher that also teaches AP classes, how does that change your perspective, um, how you teach that type of thing. Well, the biggest difference is you got to you got to know what level you're teaching, and so and it's not even the level of math; it's the age more of the student, or the maturity level of the of the student. And so you know how I teach, like last year, how I taught algebra two is completely different than how I teach calculus two. Algebra two has to be the the lower level math or the younger level. I think would be the way to put it. It has to be more regimented. You really have to make sure that you have all your deadlines posted. Everything has to be very clear cut for both the student and the parent so that they know, look, this homework is due here. This test is going to be here. And they can plan weeks in advance. As I go up through, the student is definitely able to take on more of the responsibility role. Parents are not quite as involved by the time they reach calculus. And, you know, and so I, you know, I do talk to parents and they're like, oh, you know, my child is doing so poorly. What can I do to help? I don't know how to do calculus. And, you know, all the time I tell them, it's not about knowing how to do calculus. I can handle that. I need you to help your student become more organized. And that's probably the biggest thing that I try to really get across to kids is the number one thing you can leave this building with is confidence and organization. If you can get those two things under your belt, you're going to be successful at wherever you go. So going into the, you know, the new school year, what, if, what are some new things that you've incorporated in your classroom this year? I have changed all of the pre-calculus curriculum. Um, for many years, we've just been using the textbook. And the problem with the textbook is it is for any level of student that comes in. Well, how Eastern is set up, we have our students going from pre-calculus to calculus or even to Calc 2. So I've changed kind of the dynamic in that I have kind of gotten rid of the textbook altogether. We are going with more of what I call a pre-AP approach in that there's a lot more discussion. I've changed my entire classroom Instead of the nice, straight, even rows, I've changed everybody into what I call pods or tables, which means three people are, are together at all times to discuss or help or peer tutoring. I, am, I don't like a quiet classroom. A quiet classroom drives me absolutely crazy because if they're that quiet, either it means they are totally lost, they don't even know what to ask, or they have totally zoned out on me. And so the more that I can keep a little chitter-chatter going, then the better off I am because then they're asking each other. They're discussing what's going on. Hey, how does this work? Let me show you. 
back and forth. And so I'm trying a new approach. Instead of the rows, I'm going with the pods and I'm trying the pre-calc curriculum to be a little more in-depth with the discussions. Okay, I think that's about all the questions I have. Is there anything that you um, you want to say or you want anyone to know about your classroom or anything like that? No. Okay, it's totally fine. No, you did real okay. well. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. Subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast at iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission, all rights reserved.